Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. The news over the weekend was full of reaction to President Trump's decision last week to order a strike that killed Qasem Soleimani, the head of Iran's elite Quds military force. By many accounts now, this was the second most important person in the Iranian government. And by almost all accounts, this was an enemy of the United States, a terrorist. Like everything the president does, though, the response in America has fallen largely along party lines. Democrats worry that the action was disproportionate and may cause a steep escalation in tensions and perhaps violence between the two countries. Republicans, meanwhile, are defending every action the president takes without exception or regard for protocol or caution. I'm going to be joined now by Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat here from Michigan, to talk about what is going on with this attack and how we ought to be thinking about the relationship between the United States and Iran. Senator, welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, always uh, always a pleasure to be with you. Yeah. So uh, you were initially not one of the Democrats who came out and condemned this. Last week, you came pretty close to applauding President Trump's action by saying that a terrorist was now off the battleground and that your focus is on ensuring there's a strategy to manage escalation going forward. Now that we've had a couple days to think about this, what are your feelings about the president's actions? Well, I, I think uh, it's uh, clear no one is, is mourning the death of uh, General Soleimani. Uh, he was definitely a bad actor, was, has blood on his hands, uh, not a person that we should uh, in any way uh, feel uh, any remorse that he has been uh, taken out. Uh, uh, he certainly brought the death to a lot of uh, men and women uh, our service members uh, who have served uh, and others, and has created a great deal of chaos. But in that uh, statement that I made, it was, was clear that we've, we've got to figure out, does this actually fit into a long-term strategy to bring stability to the Middle East, or are we basically creating even more chaos? And absent any kind of strategy on the part of the, the administration, uh, this uh, action uh, could it will lead us, uh, I'm afraid, uh, potentially on a very, very dangerous uh, uh, course. And that's why we do need to be focused on the future. We need to, to make sure that, one, we're protecting our men and women uh, in the region now, as well as protecting uh, the homeland. And as ranking member of the Homeland Security Committee in the U.S. Senate, that we're going to make sure that we're protecting American citizens uh, here in the homeland and also uh, protecting against what may be cyber attacks uh, against us and a, a number of asymmetric attacks going forward. But you know, I have a lot of questions. Uh, we're going to have a briefing uh, at some point uh, this week, a classified briefing, to find out uh, just how imminent uh, this threat was. I think there's a lot of questions as to whether that occurred. Certainly the question that I'm going to want answered is that uh, if there were these threats and they were imminent, what were the options uh, presented uh, to the president by the Department of Defense? You know, the military will come forward, will provide the commander-in-chief a variety of options, uh, to to deal with uh, that threat, and then a discussion of what the potential consequences were. So what were those options, and why did the president pick this particular option, one that we know uh, has uh, uh, certainly could escalate, has, uh, and will escalate tensions uh, in the region? Is it part of a broader strategy? Now, I'm very skeptical that there is a strategy of any kind, uh, but we uh, have to ask those questions and, and hear from uh, the administration. So... 
some people are saying this was an assassination, which, according to both U.S. and international law, would be illegal. What's your what's your sense of whether this was an assassination or not? Well, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm always fact driven. I think, especially when it comes to issues of national security, we have to be fact driven. And I want to reserve those kinds of judgments till I hear uh, in our briefing exactly what sort of evidence uh, uh, exists to show that this was a, an imminent uh, threat, and uh, not only an imminent threat, but this was the most appropriate way to deal with that imminent threat. And those facts have not been forthcoming. We have not heard anything from the administration. In fact, we also didn't get the administration to to talk to the leaders of Congress, uh, the leadership prior to a strike, which is a uh, which is uh, really unacceptable. Uh, that you have to be united. We're stronger as a country when we're dealing with foreign adversaries. When we are united, and that means united in the form of Congress uh, working with the executive. Uh, we've the Constitution is clear, and our framers are very clear that the executive should go to Congress before engaged in these types of activities. So there would be a, a check on abuse of executive uh, power. So we need to get that information. And uh, once once that information uh, is uh, provided, I think we'll have a, a clearer picture as to why this decision was made and how, if uh, if there even exists a strategy, how this, uh, this decision fits into a strategy to ultimately bring greater stability to the Middle East. But I think, you know, what we're seeing, this is not creating greater stability in the Middle East. It is creating more and more chaos, mm. which is pretty consistent with what we've seen from this uh, administration. And you've got the administration now engaged uh, in this activity in Iran at a, at a time when our alliances are, are frayed at best. Uh, most of our European allies uh, are uh, not uh, with us on many of the decisions that the president uh, has been making. We don't have to my knowledge, any kind of meaningful diplomatic channels uh, open with the Iranians to be able to de-escalate. And we're at a time when most of us, for, for very good reasons, are highly skeptical of this administration uh, and, their, and their motives. So this is a very precarious time in our history. Mm. Uh, so this is ultimately, or I should say fundamentally, perhaps, about this Iran nuclear deal that the president right. withdrew us from because he said the Iranians were not complying with their end of it. He thinks that this is a better way, I suppose, to force them to live up to the terms of that agreement. Um, do you think that that will work? Is that a strategy that makes sense to you, that a harder line against Iranian aggression will force them to live up to what they said they would do in that agreement. Well, you know, I think you go back with the with the uh, the agreement, uh, and as that agreement was put in place, I asked the question. Many of my colleagues asked the question of our military leaders uh, in the Middle East. As you know, I serve on the Senate Armed Services uh, Committee, and we asked if the Iranians were complying with the agreement, and they would always say yes, they were uh, complying. The president saw things differently than the intelligence and the military commanders that were advising him and uh, went uh, down this path. And now, of course, uh, what we're seeing is now the Iranians are saying, well, the, we're, uh, uh, the United States is no longer in the agreement. Uh, they've now uh, uh, escalated uh, tensions. And so we're now going to uh, use our centrifuges to create additional uh, fuel for a weapons uh, program. So what the president has done is basically restarted the Iranian nuclear program. And, and if this escalates, if Iran uh, retaliates for what happened last week and 
the president continues to ratchet up pressure in in some way, uh, this this idea that we could be headed to war, is that for you a non-starter? Are you not in any way able to be convinced that a conflict with Iran would produce a better outcome? No, no, I am I am not uh, for for war with Iran. I think it would be a colossal uh, a colossal and catastrophic. Uh, mistake to, to do. Uh, you know, we're going to be uh, putting forward resolutions in Congress to to reassert congressional authority over the war-making powers that are constitutional powers of uh, Congress. Uh, there's going to be uh, a resolution put forward by Senator Kane and in the Senate to prohibit the, the president from using U.S. forces without any kind of congressional authorization. We, Congress needs to reassert itself. The Congress is unfortunately. Uh, has not uh, reasserted itself in the powers that were granted to it by by the Constitution. I will say it's going to be difficult because the Republicans uh, will fight uh, that in the Senate. We've got a Republican Senate uh, that is primarily made up of cheerleaders and not independent thinkers who want to hold uh, a president accountable, uh, as well as make sure that uh, the rule of law is being uh, followed. Uh, we need to have checks and balances in this system right now, those checks and balances don't exist when you have Republican senators that are focused primarily on being cheerleaders uh, and not statesmen. Okay, Gary Peters, Democrat who represents Michigan in the U.S. Senate and a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Always great to catch up with you here on Detroit Today. Up next, we're going to continue our Defining 2020 series with the University of Michigan School of Education Dean Elizabeth Moji. She joins us to talk about the terms and issues that are going to shape the national conversation around education in 2020. Stay with us on Detroit Today. 